Finding the right fragrance is like dating, lol. You have to troll through a lot of overpowering, tacky, and downright stinky ones before you find the one that you just can't get enough of. And as time goes on, you discover all these little additional gorgeous layers and you realize, this is the one for me. But like dating, finding a perfume you're happy with is really, really hard. That's why we're talking about Fleur. First of all, Fleur make fragrances that don't give me a migraine. And if you know me, that is kind of a really big deal. My favorite Fleur scent, Greylock, is described as a refreshing blend of pine and sea. And that's exactly what it smells like. It's just subtle and long lasting enough for my taste. The best thing about Fleur is that you get to know each of their unisex scents with pictures, with words and with music all on their website. And then you actually try them on your own skin at your own place with their sample sets. Fleur is also completely transparent, so they give you every ingredient in their perfumes and why they're there. No secrets, no nasty ingredients, no bull crap, just super eco-conscious products with no questionable toxic stuff inside and it's all at a really honest price so go to fleur.com today and use the promo code self-service to get 20% off your custom fleur sample set pick three cents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite that's the promo code self-service at fleur.com to try three fleur fragrances of your choice at 20% off phlur.com Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone, an inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated, where getting real with emotions is a treat, and an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love, it's a necessary launchpad into a life that's wholly ours. ours. In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. hearts. We learn. We talk shit. shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Hello, self-care kittens. And welcome. Glad to have you here. I am Jericho Mandiba, the editorial director of Girlboss and possibly the only editorial director who's also a tarot reader, I reckon. I'm also soon to be an author. Now I'm currently writing a book and it's, I'll tell you more about it when the time comes, but suffice to say it's about tarot and self-care. Lol. And speaking of the wondrous window into the soul that tarot truly is, today we'll be speaking to the founder of Wild Soul Healing, Lindsay Mack. Lindsay is a tarot reader, a teacher, a counselor, and a podcast host, and her work is very much connected to the seasons, the wheel of the year, and the ways that we can get more in touch with the cycles of nature, and how that can allow us to get more in touch with ourselves. She'll also give us some insight into the energy of the season right now and coming up since the summer solstice is coming in hot in a matter of a few weeks. And I adore her and I know you will too. So stay tuned for that. Another person I adore is resident astrologer Jessica Lanyato. And this week she's going to dive into the defining features of your sun and moon and rising sign. 
and what makes them different and how to work with their energies in different ways. And she'll also give you a cheeky glance at your weekly horoscope too, as always. But for right now, we're going to settle in for a little self-care and we're going to do that by taking a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. And if you're somewhere where you're able to close your eyes, you can do that now. And I just want you to bring some awareness to any physical sensations in your body. Without passing judgment, just notice them. First your left arm and left hand, your right arm, your legs, the length of your back. And if you notice any tension, just see if you can breathe into it. And with your breath, just offer it a little more relaxation, a little more softness and limpness. Can you get your jaw to be a little looser and your forehead? And you can keep doing this as long as you like. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes and focus again. And in the meantime, I'm going to do my tarot card of the week rant. And the card we're getting this week to offer us some guidance and insight for the week ahead is the Hierophant. And the Hierophant is a perfect signpost between the new moon and Taurus we just had and the end of Taurus season itself. Uranus has moved into Taurus. It's all about the Hierophant because it's a card that's ruled by Taurus. And as such, it's a card grounded and rooted in tradition. And you can think of that card as the great initiator. So the the teacher, the mentor, the institution. And despite so many of the yucky connotations that many of us feel that institutions carry, we're often well served by learning from. So it's a card of inner knowing and truth seeking and of having a deep relationship with your intuition and your sense of right and wrong so that you're capable of bringing that forward and really sharing it with others. So maybe ask yourself where in your life you need a teacher and what do you need to learn right now? Follow-up question, how can you empower yourself to be a teacher for your friends and your community and of course also for yourself? So being a teacher or being a leader means so many things to so many people. And to be honest, a lot of those people get it wrong, hence the negative connotations. But the truth is the world really needs leaders who can not only have a deep relationship with their higher selves and with spirit, but the world needs people who can translate that with the people around them and really make something of it on this earthly plane, if that makes sense. So in this dimension there are roles there are moral codes there are oral traditions there are knowledge systems and they all have a really rich array of things to teach us about life and and about ourselves so look for any opportunities to really learn something this week read definitely meditate join a library find a mentor even with yourself especially if it's yourself actually so I hope you got something out of that and Stay listening for even more terror.
Lindsay Mack is the founder of Wild Soul Healing and the host of her own amazing podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul. She's a certified holistic counselor, a tarot reader, and a teacher based in Brooklyn. And she also travels around the country to host retreats, workshops, and intensives that offer people a deeper look into trauma-informed healing and personal evolution, all through the lens of tarot. Her latest offering, The Sacred Wheel, is a seasonal journey over the course of the year, diving into the medicine of nature and tarot and just like awesome witchy ways of living in general. Lindsay, hi. Thank you for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So I want to start by asking you a little bit about this thing called the Wheel of the Year. For uninitiated listeners, what is that? And like, what role does it play in nature-based spirituality for people in general and for you? So the Wheel of the Year, if we're looking at it from a lens of, is really the turn of the spiral that happens in every year that we live that really doesn't, it, it has center points and certain dates, certain solstices, certain equinoxes we can really look to to see as kind of gateways in the passage of time. But it's really the wheel of the year is the spiral journey from the beginning of the year and many different cultures, many different places view the start of the wheel of the year in different places. For example, a lot of people over in Europe really feel that the year begins on Samhain, on Halloween, and that's beautiful. But in terms of what mm -hmm. most mm -hmm. people look at it as, is that the wheel of the year really begins on the first day of Aries, which is March 20th, the spring equinox, and moves uh -huh. until and moves until we basically go into the next year. So it's this beautiful way of looking at the flow of our year through this lens of nature and the spiral and the weather and yeah. Mm, amazing. And I guess on like a more practical level, how do people become more in tune with the wheel of the year and, and with the seasons in a way that kind of informs their spirituality or at least maybe their self-care? Well, I love, I love that question because it's a really important one in this world that we're living in that is so is becoming so much more welcoming to folks in terms of getting in touch with their own spiritual centers. The answer to mm -hmm. the question that you just asked really is appropriate for everyone, no matter where you live, if you have money or if you don't, it really begins with stepping outside. Really the best way that I have found mm -hmm. for anyone to get in touch with where they are on the wheel of the year, whether your city, country, northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, is simply to go outside, feel the ground underneath your feet, and just feel where you are. Just feel where you happen to be. If, if you're, you know, I have found, because I've been really living very closely to this last year, really trying to follow a very deep devotion to kind of honoring where I am in the flow of the wheel. And anytime I get a little bit off mm -hmm. base, I only need to go outside. So it's really anytime 
Mm-hmm. We lose that, our connection to the ground, to the air, to the elements. We need only to tune back into that mindfully. And I really feel like at any point that we're willing to do that, there's really this, like, there are these huge open arms that can just envelop and embrace us that don't really require any dogma, any candle work, any crystals. Not that that's not all great, but <laughs> it can be really beautiful mm-hmm. to <laughs> sink ourselves up in that way. And of course, there's there's other ways too. There's there's ritual. There's for any bleeding persons, any person you know who identifies as bleeding individual. Mm-hmm. Really working with the moon blood can be a very powerful way to sync up. So there are lots of ways, both very general and simple and very complex to kind of link up to that. That's so lovely. And how does the Wheel of the Year and astrology and especially tarot come together in in your practice personally, but also in your offering, which is the sacred wheel? Well, what I what has been very powerful for me, and this is something that I've been doing for a couple of years, is to look at the energetics of the current time through the lens of the tarot. And especially, of course, mm-hmm. through the lens of astrology, which is so, I think, universal and very helpful. And the thing that always kind of brings me as a reader back to kind of a center point is this sense of like, okay, if I don't know anything, if I, like, if I'm somebody who knows nothing about astrology at all, nothing, um, and I'm working with the Mm -hmm. energy of the month of April, just in general. And if I can remember that April in and of itself encompasses and holds the energies of both Aries and Taurus. If we really begin in Mm -hmm. Aries and we transition into Taurus, then there's this very powerful sense of the birth of something, the birth of Aries, which is really, I mean, I don't know if I can curse on your podcast, but really um, kind of Mm -hmm. hugely awesome it's fucking messy like Aries is very messy and I Mm -hmm. say that as an Aries like there's huge messiness we go from Pisces to Aries like that's a big jump and so if we can remember Mm -hmm. that the emperor is our ally to help us through that it can be very very powerful when we think of this idea of like oh man this sense of like the emperor as a grounded expansive, powerful symbol of taking up space, of not being afraid to kind of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that can be, it can be very powerful. Yeah. So anytime that we can't quite keep in touch with all manner of changing planets and everything, it can be really profound to connect to the simplistics of like, okay, I'm working with the emperor this season, and we are working the emperor about to transition mm-hmm. into the hierophant. So what medicine does mm-hmm. this have to offer me? And I also find that for anyone learning tarot or wanting to learn more about tarot, it's probably the best way to learn about a card because you get to really live in it if you're available for that mm-hmm. for the whole season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just really lovely. And for every month, for every 
Uh, there's a tarot card for every sign of the zodiac, for every zodiac sign. So we mm-hmm. get to go through from Aries to Pisces through the wheel of the year, if that's the kind of wheel that we're following, through every one of those 12 cards, mm-hmm. which is really, it's a very powerful exercise. It's so amazing because it's this kind of yeah like you say it's a a lived experience it's not just something that you're reading in a book you can actually kind of go through it and see the way that it can help you kind of stay in flow as the seasons flow so I think it's such a profound approach thank you and when this podcast episode yeah you're so welcome Lindsay when this podcast comes out it's coming up on the summer solstice so Mm -hmm. for people listening what medicine do you think that this particular time of year has to teach us when it comes to letting nature kind of guide our healing practices so we move in the on the summer solstice you know as you know we're we're shifting in our movements from the energy of gemini to the energy of cancer we're also crossing this threshold that has to do with our light, our connection to light and our be the beginning, that subtle shift of beginning to turn toward the darkness while we also open up to the light. So this idea of, Mm -hmm. first of all, connecting with this sense of oneness with the idea of birth and death, which is something I find myself talking about a lot because If you really look, nature prepares us. So there's this lovely idea with the summer solstice that even though it's the longest day of the year, we turn toward the dark well and in the northern hemisphere and begin Mm -hmm. to welcome the oncome of shorter days and longer nights and colder weather that we get this really long period of time to prepare And while we do so, we get to open up so beautifully and celebrate the harvest of the warmth and the light and Mm. the celebration that it really is. And there's something quite powerful in this idea of the lover's card, which is ruled by Gemini and the chariot, which is ruled by cancer, that we move in on the summer solstice from this sense of connectedness with that that is outside of us connecting with receiving and with the family dynamic to this sense of, well, who are we in relationship to our inner selves, our Mm -hmm. outer selves. It's kind of this beautifully internal place that we go into in the height of summer, which is really, Mm -hmm. I think, a powerful thing to let ourselves feel, you know, even though it's, hot outside, (laughs) we might be called, you know, more (laughs) toward rest and more toward integration. So the summer solstice is the, it is the center point of divine really light and the bringing of the light while also turning toward the dark. So it's a time when, and anyone can do this again, you need only to just simply step outside and ask yourself, you know, what am I being invited to look at in myself that maybe I haven't seen in a while, haven't paid attention to, haven't tended to, and what gorgeous things am I being asked to really embrace Mm -hmm. about myself that are ready for me to claim and honor and step forward in. So there's a lot of beauty that can happen with 
this day. It's very special. Mm, that is special. And yeah, shout out to Southern Hemisphere people where the winter solstice <laughs> is coming up. I guess shorthand for that would be it's the opposite place on the wheel of the year. Mm-hmm. Is there any other wisdom there that you could kind of quickly share for those guys? Yeah, in the Southern Hemisphere? Yeah. Yeah. I try to do that a lot with Sacred Wheel. It's important to honor both. You know, it's kind of that example of this idea of the light and the dark existing in one and the and birth and death really walking in hand in hand. For folks in the Southern Hemisphere, it's even though there's a really powerful opportunity to look very deeply into and honor the darkness and the light of candles and Mm. the connection of family in Mm. this way, there's also this major invitation to look toward the light. Because even though there's kind of the Mm -hmm. depth of cold in winter, spring is coming even though we can't see it. So the winter, the summer slash winter solstice apex on June 21st is really this beautiful opportunity for everyone in the world, no matter where they are, to turn toward the direction of invisible threads starting to move with with regard to what is mm-hmm. growing but not yet seen. And I also mm-hmm. really love, no matter where someone is in the world, the summer solstice I have often found is one of the most powerful, no matter where the moon is really, it's one of the most powerful days of the year to plant seeds for something really big that you want to grow that you might not be able to see how you can get from point A to point Z. And if we're working with that energy, just like for the Southern hemisphere, everything's super cold. And yet in just a few months, everything will be in bloom. And for us in the Northern hemisphere, everything is so hot, so vibrant, completely and fully in the height of summer everything will be dying in a number of months, you know, it's this beautiful chance (laughs) Mm. to get to sink into and root into the real web of unseen magic. Lindsay, I love that so much. And I could listen to you all day. Thank (laughs) you. You're so soothing. I'm so grateful to you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. And if people want to find out more about you and your work and the Sacred Wheel and your amazing podcast, where can they find you on the internet? So people can find my podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul, anywhere where podcasts can be listened to. It's on iTunes. It's on all the places. <laughs> it's on casts, it's on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Stitcher. SoundCloud, Stitcher, exactly. It's all the places. And people can find me and any work that I'm doing, any of my offerings at my website, lindsaymack.com, or by following me on Instagram at Wild Soul Healing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Speaking of teaching and learning, This week's show is also sponsored by Skillshare, the place to go online when you want to learn a new thing, but cheaply and accessibly and like right now. It's a learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, tech stuff, design stuff, and more, including skills like, hey, what do you know, astrology and tarot reading? You can also learn poetry, photography, web design, 
and more. There's a class for everything. And if you're anything like me, you're a big believer in the value of lifelong learning, the enemy of boredom. And really, it's the easiest way to stay stimulated and inspired. I love that about Skillshare. And I'm actually really looking forward to doing an organization or productivity course next because I need all the help I can get in that department. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering self-service listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to skillshare.com slash self-service. Again, skillshare.com slash self-service to start your two months now. Skillshare.com slash self-service. So we all know that staying hydrated is incredibly important, but if you're the kind of person who, like me, wants to hack the hydration game with a little extra fuel, like when you're super fatigued or when you have a headache from being on a dry airplane for 72 hours, you get the gist, then get acquainted with Liquid IV. It's a non-GMO electrolyte drink that tastes like a million angels dancing on your tongue. I've said it before and I'll say it again, especially the acai berry flavor. It's really yummy. It provides the same amount of hydration as two to three bottles of water. And it also contains five essential vitamins, meaning you get more vitamin C than in an orange and as much potassium as in a banana. Liquid IV is also gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free and vegan. And best of all, IMO. It's a brand that donates one serving of Liquid IV to people in need for every serving that's sold. I love Liquid IV and I know you will too. And right now, my listeners get 20% off liquidiv.com when you use my code SELFSERVICE at the checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquid-iv.com and enter the promo code SELFSERVICE to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquid-iv.com promo code SELFSERVICE. Don't wait, get hydrated today. Next up, Jessica Lanyato is going to give you her weekly horoscope forecast. But before she does that, she's going to give us a super quick crash course on those big pizza pies in the sky, the sun, moon, and your rising as well. Yay. All right. Thanks, Jericho. And everybody, hello. Welcome to self-service. Welcome to astrology. It's the world we live in. It's an astrological world. And I'm an astrological girl. Okay. So this week, I'm going to start off by talking to you about the difference between your sun and moon and rising. It's the kind of basics of astrology. And this is a really important thing, especially in the world that we live in, because the sun is your will. It's your sense of self. It's your sense of purpose. Our sun sign and placement and aspects, all that kind of good stuff, indicates where we want to be seen and how we want to be seen as. And the reason why we have sun sign astrology is really partially because of the world we live in is really about how we appear and how we are seen. So that kind of reflects the culture also because it just works in terms of, you know, writing mass publications. The sun is vastly important 
but arguably not the most important because there is the moon and the moon, it just moves very quickly, right? The moon is kind of constantly ebbing and flowing. It's constantly shifting and it in turn governs our feelings, which are always shifting and responding and reacting and ebbing and flowing. The moon governs our memories and our urge for self-protection and the moon sign that we have and the placement of our moon governs the ways in which we do those things, the ways we process our feelings, our, our needs, and the ways in which we try to self-protect or take care of others. It is really important to, for me to just name that these are both really essential parts of our selfhood, but they're really distinctly different. And in my work, I talk a lot about staying emotionally present and staying aligned with your feelings. And I get a lot of DMs from people about what does that mean? What does it mean to have feelings or how do I differentiate between my feelings? And so today I'm going to give you your homework at, right before your horoscope instead of after. And I'm going to give you the homework of practice differentiating between your will and your intent versus your feelings and your response or your reactions to things. Because most of us have a different sun and moon sign, and therefore we both have really different responses. This nuance of feeling is something that if you can practice noticing, will give you greater sense of options and greater self-knowing, which just simply leads to more wholeness, which is related to, of course, your happiness. Now, before I go a little bit further into the homework, I'll just mention your ascendant, also referred to as the rising sign. Now, the ascendant or rising sign is how other people see you. And this is an important little detail for me to throw in here, because the way that others perceive us is not necessarily how we feel about ourselves or what we intend. These are all really different points within the birth chart, and that tends to be reflected in people's experiences. And so, it is really important when you are identifying the nuance between feelings, your sense of self and your emotion, that you do not necessarily think about what others think of you because that is a different point of your chart. I should also say that both the, the rising sign or ascendance and the moon sign require that you know an accurate time of birth. If those, if your time of birth is inaccurate, then you will potentially have an inaccurate rising sign or moon sign. So those are, you know, little, little details of astrology. So here's my little cheat sheet. If you have a hard time tracking your feelings, the difference between your emotions and your will, the sun speaks in the language of I am, and the moon speaks in the language of I feel. And the thing about feelings is they're not super complicated. The reason why we have them is complicated. What we want to do with them is complicated. But feelings themselves tend to not be terribly complicated. And so if you have a hard time tracking your feels, I give you this emoji homework. Think in terms of sad, mad, bad, and glad. And find the little emojis that match those feelings. And if you can, when you're tracking your different kinds of responses, try to keep it simple. And in that way, see if you can kind of cultivate a greater understanding of what's happening for you moment by moment. So that all said, let us talk about your horoscope for the week. We're looking at the week of May 20th through the 26th. And on the 20th, the sun moves into Gemini. 
So definitely check out your horoscope on Girl Boss and all over the web to learn more about that. But we know that this is a real shift into Gemini is an air sign and it's all about processing and connecting and springtime. So get out there and connect with the people. From the 21st through the 23rd, we have a couple really lovely transits. Chatty Mercury will be forming a sextile to dealistic Neptune, and Mercury will also be forming in opposition to Jupiter. Now, what this tends to do, these two transits, is intensify your intuition. It makes you more sensitive. It can make you more empathetic. It can also incline you to jumping to conclusions or making stories out of feelings. And so this is a really great time for connecting with others. And it's a great time for making connections. But what you want to be a little wary of is if you find yourself or others kind of getting absolute about things, because Jupiter has a bad habit of getting a little bit righteous. So you want to try to stay away from too much righteousness. And instead, just find where is the truth of whatever it is you're seeing. If you are a creative person, this is a great time for exploring your creativity. On the 22nd through the 24th, we have a sun trine to Mars. I love this transit. This is a get it done time. This is a time where if there's projects that you need to just move forward, there will be a lot of supportive energy in doing that. If you've been meaning to get back into exercising or just start there's a lot of energy for being in your body in a way that is dynamic and whole. And on this day in particular, pay attention to your will. See if you can notice the difference between that and your feels. And then finally, because not everything is perfect, from the 25th to the 27th, we have a Venus opposition to Saturn. And this is kind of a boner transit. This can bring up feelings of loneliness. It can make you feel stuck in your relationships. The thing about this period is it won't bring up problems that, that aren't already there. It'll just bring to the surface problems between you and others that are based on real things, that are based on a difference in values or feeling a lack of closeness. And so whatever comes up in this period is really important for you to deal with and look at. And if you can do it from a place of kindness instead of trying to accommodate the other person so that you can get your needs met. It'll have better outcome and it'll make you feel better. So that is my advice to you for these couple of days. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you want more woo, go to my website at loveblanyato.com. You can read horoscopes and follow me on social media where I post most days about all kinds of woo. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Jessica Lanyato. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. That's it. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Thank you so much for doing some self-service with me, and thank you to my guests, Lindsay and Jessica, for being rad. And if you liked this episode, please rate or review or share it with the world. And if you have a question or a topic you want to hear about, you can use the hashtag self-servicepodcast or you can at me on Instagram. My name is Jericho.Mandiba. And you can also stay updated on all things self-service each week by following at Girlboss Radio on Instagram too, by the way. Thank you. Bye.